The following podcast has been pre-recorded for the audio pleasure. It is rated M for Mexican. Hello, welcome to another episode of Mexican Mind Matters. We have a very special program for you today because we are going to talk about primarily, actually entirely, about the NBA playoffs. Yes, finally, the regular season is done. Finally, we can stop this nonsense of 82 games. As we all know, Mexi's not a fan of a lot of nonsense games in the regular season. This goes for basketball and especially baseball. Hockey, yeah, maybe throw hockey in there too. So the regular season ended officially April 12th with, you know, the Wednesday. It always ends on the Wednesday and usually... You know, all the teams play one last game, the last regular season game on that Wednesday. You know, most of the games didn't really matter. I mean, towards the end, because, I mean, it's just on that Wednesday. I mean, aside from the East, who was going to sneak in, Chicago, Miami, or the Pacers, there wasn't really that much drama. Like, the West was already decided, the, the eight seeds were already known. And uh, the East, basically, you you knew seven of the eight teams. But, you know what? It's done. The playoffs are here. And that's why we are dedicating this sports podcast entirely to the NBA. We're going to do it. We're going to, you know, we're going to talk. We got some things to talk about about the NBA. So, the regular season... This year, 2016-2017 season, will go down 
as possibly one of the best, most captivating ones. Now, I know that you've listened to this and heard me say before, yeah, it doesn't really matter until towards the end of the playoffs. But I will say there was a lot of, you know, good moments, great moments, and a lot of history-making moments this season, which is why it's making it very hard, in most people's view, who the choice for MVP is going to be. And we're going to discuss that in depth, too, on this podcast. Who should rightfully be the MVP of the regular season in the NBA? So, but let's, 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 let's be nostalgic for a moment. I mean, Mexi did not watch as many games as normal, mainly because my Lakers, you know, as I predicted, mind you, at the beginning of the inaugural sports podcast. Actually, I'm pretty sure I said that when back when we were still doing Alex and Mike, the Alex and Mike podcast. Alex and Mike's cabana. Uh-huh. Um, I do believe back then I even said the Lakers are going to be terrible. And guess what? They were. And that was one of the, you know, one of the memorable moments of the season was, you know, how management finally shook things up and Magic Johnson was appointed, you know, to, you know, bring glory back to the Lakers. Um, Other moments were, you know, Philadelphia, the 76ers, you know, their process started to show some signs of life. And you also had, you know, the drama of who would be MVP. You also had the drama in New York as how Phil Jackson wants to do the triangle and thinks Carmelo is better somewhere else. And I kind of agree. I don't know why Carmelo stuck around the last couple of years in New York um, with the Knicks. I wouldn't want him on my team per se now, but hey, maybe somebody will. We'll see what happens in the offseason with the trade rumors. But it was definitely a season of memorable moments, memorable things, and memorable stats occurred. And we'll just, you know, run down a few because Mexi, I didn't watch as as much as, like I said, but I did catch some of these moments. Like the end of the game or the actual, like, you know, the Christmas Day games, I caught some of them. Um, so it was definitely something that I was aware of. And I think looking back on it, as I'm, as I was preparing for the podcast, I'm just like, whoa, you're, I mean, if you think back on it, it was a great season. Watching the whole thing unravel. I mean, unless you're a fan of the whole process. I mean, I don't like the 82 game scenario. I already know going into this that there's a very good chance. And I've been saying this since the get-go. Regardless of seeding, it's looking like Golden State versus Cleveland round three. So, I mean, and that's why it kind of like takes away, in my view, from... The regular season because we already know who who more or less the 
final two are going to be. I mean, if it's not, if that's not the matchup, then you know they choked because they got the better. They by far have the better two rosters, the better two you know teams. But but enough of that, about that. Let's let's just run down what happened in the NBA this past season, just from a statistical standpoint and memorable moment standpoint. So, um, like, if you look at it, everybody's going to say, okay, it was Westbrook's season. Because the memorable moments start off, and it's got to be a a combination of, you know, facts and games that happen over the course of the regular season. The man broke... Oscar Robinson's triple-double record for a season and averaged a triple-double throughout the whole season. I mean, that's that's just incredible. Now, he also became the first player to do 31, average 31 points, 10 assists, and 10 rebounds. Like, because technically a triple-double, you can just, you can average 10, 10, and 10, and that's it. No, 31 points, Average won the scoring title, and he had forty points quite a few times. He had fifty points four times. That actually brings me to another memorable stat of the season. Ten times during the season did somebody have a fifty-point game. Westbrook had four of those. So it's just. And then on top of that, he broke Kobe Bryant's record for user rate in a season. I believe the record was, uh, I think Kobe had it in the, I want to say 05 06 season. And it was, uh, I believe, 38.7% for the team. And uh, Westbrook way shattered that. 41.8% was his user rate. That's just ridiculous. Now, I will say times have changed because I remember when Kobe was doing that. Oh, Kobe was selfish. Kobe was not passing the ball. Oh, he doesn't trust his teammates. Westbrook, you know, you can't really say that. I mean, you can because he's being used all the time. But at the same time, he averages 10 assists. So... He kind of can't claim that he doesn't share the ball. And plus, if you like, if I was going for the scoring title and at the same time the triple double record, I mean, I gotta, I gotta, and I'm the point guard of the team. Yeah, I kind of gotta dish it out to my teammates. Plus, he had better surrounding supporting cast than Kobe did, and Kobe's not a point guard. But that's you know, memorable moments start there. Now. James Harden, the beard, he's no slouch either. He was the first player in history. He made history too. With uh, first player with 2,000 points, 900 assists, and 600 rebounds. And he was also he also became the first um, person to 2,000 points. And 2006. 
So, yeah. He had an awesome year too. So, if he's the first person to do it, these see, these kind of stats just make me think more or lean more towards, it's more evidence that LeBron is not the best ever or not the best of our time because LeBron has had shittier teams than both these gentlemen, both James Harden and Westbrook have had better supporting casts than LeBron for years. Now, mind you, LeBron, and LeBron's been in the league longer. So how was this never done by somebody who is that great? Makes his teammates better. Yada, yada, yada. Food for thought, you know. But also, LeBron, I mean, hey, he had a good year, too. And that's the thing. He was, he averaged... I believe, um, if I remember correctly, his stats are, he had, um, averaging 25 points, 8 assists, 8 rebounds, and over the course of, the, over the course of you know, his, his tenure, so he's averaged that at least 30, going on 13 seasons, his averages and his percentages are better than previous years. But it's LeBron, so... I mean, we expect that of LeBron. So, the argument is... Hey, he should be MVP because he's having a better year. And, oh, the reason we're not going to give it to him... Or the reason he's probably not going to get it is because... he we, We're so used to his greatness... That... We expect him to do way better. No, I mean... We'll get to the argument of MVP... But that's, no. But, I mean, that's nothing to mock at. I mean, I'm going to give the devil his due. Like I said at the beginning of the season, I can't hate him anymore. He had a good year. The Cavs are the two seed in the East. And he was more clutch. I remember, those. that's another memorable moment slash, um, you know, stat of the regular season. There were some buzzer beaters by LeBron from three. He, he had one to beat Washington in the clutch. He was clearly more clutch this year, at least in my opinion, and also, you know, from beyond the arc. And that's one of the things I always complained is that his clutchness only came, you know, dunking or at the line because he gets all the fouls. But this year, you know, he stepped it out. There was a few buzzer beaters by LeBron. And I I, I, mean, I saw one or two. So I'll give him his props. Again, he had a good year. Also, I mean, let's look at other, like I said, memorable moments. That Draymond Green, you know, became the first person in a game to average a triple-double without actually having 10 points. Like, the fucker had assists, rebounds, and steals were his, um, the three that he got. I mean, technically a triple-double, you can do that any way you want. Technically. You're gonna have 10 blocks for all I care. But it's definitely a lot harder to do it without the, without, without the point stat. 
So kudos, kudos to Draymond. Now, that's another question. Will he finally win Defensive Player of the Year? Maybe third time is the charm. We will see. The Golden State Warriors also became, you know, the first team to win 63, at least 63 games in, 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 in three seasons in a row. You know, Isaiah Thomas missed the fourth quarter. He had a good year, too. Uh, he's obviously in the talk for MVP. He lit it up most fourth quarters, led the Boston Celtics to the number one seed in the East. So, yeah, he, uh, I, th- I believe he went, I want to say it was 20 plus, maybe, maybe, um, I'm not remembering the stat correctly, but, uh, he, uh, he basically was averaging at least, I want to say 15 or so points in the fourth quarter for at least 20 some games, possibly more. I mean, talk about clutch. I mean, I called clutch the last two minutes of the game. But hey, the fourth quarter is the clutch quarter. It's where, you know, you need to step it up. So kudos to Isaiah. Now, along those lines, the Celtics were also on the receiving end of recently if you remember that game where uh, Darren Booker of the Suns you know dropped 70 points youngest player at age 20 to drop 70 points and most points dropped in a game Suns versus Celtics now mind you the Suns lost that game but 70 points dropped by Darren Booker in a losing effort most points since Kobe's 81 points against Toronto not you know, again, kind of, yeah, it's got some asterisks because of the loss and the fact that it was towards the end of the season, so people weren't necessarily playing their starters or trying as hard, but hey, 70 points is 70 points. Same way, like, Clay Thompson, first guy or, you know, most points scored in 30 minutes. Guy dropped 60 in one game. He could have probably hit 82 if he had played all four quarters. You know, broken, uh, well, not broken, but, you know, mo- more points than Kobe did against Toronto. But, hey, that's, the, that's you know, that's that's interesting because if he was, if he could, if he scored 60 in 30 minutes, I mean, imagine he played all 12 minutes of each quarter. So, 48 minutes. Let's say he played 48 minutes. If he's doing thir- 60 points in 30 I mean, you could probably get to 90. Probably. Because that's, what, 15 points? No, let's see. Let's do the math here. So, in 30 minutes, he had 60 points. So, he had two points per minute. Okay. A game is 48 minutes. So, if he played 18 more minutes, he should have had times two, two points per minute, 36 more points. So, he technically had 96 points. 
But I mean, there's I mean, people need rest. I mean, no, I don't think there's a player that would want to play all 48 minutes without having at least one rest on the bench. I mean, even LeBron, who averages a lot of minutes for his team over the years, I don't think he's ever played 48 straight minutes unless you're, you know, I mean, he maybe played 48 minutes in a game that went to OT, but I'm not 48 minutes of an entire game. Now, along those lines, too, you got Kevin Love, I believe, in the game against, you know, in the, against the Trailblazers, no slouches. They, they were the eighth seed in the, in the West. He dropped most points in the, in the first quarter, 34. I mean, that's a lot of fucking points, and it's K-Love. But at the same time, you know, same thing with Clay. So if you played all four quarters, 34 becomes 68 becomes, you know, times two, you're looking at 136. I mean, I'm pretty sure that's most points ever if you did that. That'd be insane. That would be insane. And I don't know how people don't go for that. Like, even when Kobe did his 81, he sat out, I believe, most or if not the entire fourth quarter. So... I mean, I would go for a stat like that, like if if I'm able to. I mean, you rest some games sometimes, like just ask, you know, the Spurs. Pops rests his players game in, game out. So, if you want to conserve your energy, I mean, yeah, a, yeah, a win's a win, but at the same time, stats don't lie. Now, we have, now obviously the Rockets, you know, got got better this year, led by Harden. They also broke, you know, another memorable moment, broke the record for most three points made in a season and most three points attempted. Now, speaking of three-pointers, Curry broke the tie that he had with Kobe um, as far as most three pointers in a game, he had 13. And the Cavs tied their postseason record from last year, but this year was in the regular season, so it was a new record. Regular season, new record for most three points made in a game in the regular season 25. They went 25 46 in that game. Believe it was against the. Uh, I want to say it was against the Hawks, or maybe that was the postseason against the Hawks. But they shattered the previous record. Um, now, speaking of record two, and this is kind of the knock you can get, you, know, you can give Westbrook and Harden. When you're talking about the MVP, and we'll get to that here as we discuss that. They led the league, well, number one, number two, in most turnovers in a season. I mean, that record was also broke. I believe Harden has the record, most turnovers in a season, 460. Westbrook was second with 434. Yeah. I mean, Hey, if you're being used 41.8% of the time, I mean, 
you're more likely to get turnovers than if you were used less. I'm just saying. Other notable moments, obviously you had uh, the Christmas Day game between the Cavs and the Warriors where Durant claimed to be fouled and couldn't hit the winner, giving the Cavs the win. You had that comeback from behind win where Golden State beat San Antonio in San Antonio. Uh, you had Cousins, you know, his his trade drama from Sacramento and finally making it to the Pelicans, teaming up with Anthony Davis. Speaking of which, you know, another memorable moment, most points in the All-Star game, if anybody remembers the All-Star game, West versus East, 52 points in the game, most all-time. Kawhi Leonard, he became the first... You know, guy to have most wins through his first 300 starts. He is 235 and 65. You know, the claw. He's been nicknamed the claw because, well, he has big hands and he steals the ball and plays good defense. Um, I know we mentioned the process earlier. Joel Embiid, you know, he's hilarious, but also he is probably going to get rookie of the year mainly because. Averaging 20 points, 7.5 rebounds, 2.5 blocks, and at least one three over the course of the season. Shoe in for Rookie of the Year. Now, Towns from the Timberwolves also became the youngest player to 2,000 points and 1,000 rebounds. Now... Another young blood, Giannis Antetokounmpo, or however you pronounce his last name, the Greek machine, the Greek god, became the first player over the course of a season to feature in the top 20 in all five statistical categories. First player to do so. Again, if LeBron is the most dominant player we've ever seen and the best, why has was he never in the top 20 in all five statistical categories? The most important statistical categories, huh? Just saying. I'm just, see how I'm jabbing at the... I'm throwing out the arguments to counter, you know, specifically shit that people say to me and it's just, you know... Ridiculous. The stuff that people come at me with. Newsflash and kind of segueing into the next step of, of this special. LeBron does not deserve the MVP. Spoiler alert. But that was, you know, the most memorable things that happened. Stats and games and moments of the 2016 2017 NBA regular season. So, to finish it off, just to summarize for those who are keeping score, playoff situation looks as follows. Now, mind you, by the time this airs, we'd be a couple games, maybe three or four, 
into each series of the first round of the playoffs. So in the West, the one seed, Golden State, two seed, San Antonio, three, the Rockets, four, the Clippers, five, Utah, six, OKC, seven, Memphis, and eight, Portland. So one versus eight, Golden State versus Portland, San Antonio versus Memphis, Houston against OKC, top two in the running for MVP, going at it, and the Clippers against the Utah Jazz. Which were surprise the surprise winners of the division. I did not see that coming. In the East, number one seed, the Boston Celtics, two games ahead of Cleveland at the two seed. Uh, the three seed, Toronto. Four seed, Washington. Five, Atlanta. Six, Milwaukee. Seven, Indiana, and eight, Chicago. Honorable mention to Miami, who barely missed out on the playoffs. Oh, so sad. With that being said, this is how Mexi sees this going down. So, Golden State against Portland. Portland, they're not terrible. They're not slouches. Portland last year gave Golden State a run for their money. Mind you, Curry was injured. This year, they have Durant. I believe Golden State can win in Portland. I don't think Portland can still win in Golden at Golden State. So I see Golden State winning 4-2 in that series. San Antonio-Memphis. I do not see San Antonio losing maybe one tops. I, this would be a sweep, probably. But, you know, Memphis, they're the 7th seed. And just because of previous history and they're in the same division, I'm going to give them a 4-1. You know, they, they, they probably win one game at home. The safe face. So San Antonio wins that series 4-1. Houston OKC. That is going to be a duel. Now this is what drives me nuts about the MVP. Is how MVP is not announced until after. You know the first couple rounds of the playoffs. Because I guarantee you what they're going to do is. Whoever wins this series is going to get it. Even though we've already expressed my opinion on the matter. But I believe MVP should be given before the start of the first round of the playoffs because it's MVP of the regular season. The playoffs have nothing to do with, you know, with the award. Should have nothing to do with the award. You can't sway voters with what's going on in the playoffs. If you want to count the playoffs as, who, oh, who deserves MVP, then you should count that as well in the other categories as well. Which I'm pretty sure that's announced also mid-playoffs. It, it, it's it's stupid. But we'll get to that in a second. In the East, like I said, we got Boston against Chicago. One versus eight. I see Boston winning in 4-1. I don't think Chicago win two in Chicago. I'd be surprised if it's 4-2. But I do not see Boston losing this series. Cleveland, Indiana. Cleveland should sweep this. Hands down. I don't know why they fell to the two seed. That's kind of sad considering their roster. But it's the playoffs. In the playoffs, they know to step it up. They've done it before. You don't have to be the one seed to make the finals as long as you get there and you step it up in the playoffs. They'll sweep the Pacers. I don't see the Pacers stealing one. Sorry, Indiana. Toronto-Milwaukee. This could go 4-3. But I think Toronto 
will slightly edge out Milwaukee. 4-2, possibly 4-3. Washington-Atlanta. Again, another series that I can see going either way. This one, out of all the ones that are, out of all the matchups, this is the only one I could see going either way. Just because Washington is Washington and Atlanta is Atlanta. I mean, I mean that sounds kind of stupid, but that's the way it is. I mean, Atlanta is not going to win the first two in Washington. Washington's not going to win the next two in Atlanta, and then it's going to come down the last two games. Or they'll just do what has happened in the past. They'll go 1-1 in the first two and 1-1 in the next two, and then 1-1-1 in the end. So, you know, that's how I see it. And hey, by the time this airs, you know, I may be heading towards the right direction. I used to put money in the playoffs, in the NBA playoffs, and I would do the same thing. Like, I would win. I would not bet each game. I would bet the overall series, and I would win the money. But then, when it came to the finals, or the later rounds, I would end up losing. And so, I basically stopped putting money in the NBA playoffs. But I still hold to my belief that we're going to see Golden State versus Cleveland round three. Golden State right now is the heavy favorite favorite, favorite as far as the Vegas odds are concerned. Heavy favorite. So if they don't make, I mean, if they don't make the finals, I mean, they already disappointed us last year when they choked like idiots and made me start hating them for being stupid. I don't understand how you blow a 3-1 lead, but hey. If they don't make the finals with having Karen Durant, there's some problems there. And they might want to drink some bleach. I like to say that a lot. But anyways. And that's the thing. Like, what if Curry or Clay or Draymond, one of the three, goes down injured? Can Kevin Durant carry the team? You know, fresh coming out of injury. Can he do it? Can he be clutch? That's the thing. Him and Westbrook together last few years at OKC proved that when the game was on the line, neither one was necessarily clutch time. This year, Westbrook was more clutch too. I forgot to mention that. But I think he has something to prove. He, he basically got pissed that Durant left him. And that was another, you know, I forgot to mention that. That was another dramatic moment of well, throughout the season, the whole time OKC and every time OKC and Golden State would play each other, oh, the dynamics between Westbrook and Durant. I mean, I side with Westbrook. I wouldn't talk to him. Fucker never told me that he was leaving ahead of time when I've been playing with this with his ass for however many years and he claims that we're best buds. Yeah, no, I agree. Durant, I don't blame you for leaving, but at the same time, hey, dude. Kind of, kind of shitty, shitty thing to do. Now, before we talk about who deserves the MVP, we gotta mention recently it was the one year anniversary since Kobe retired. The man has been keeping it low, making money. Going to, you know, events His speech at the Shaq Statue unveiling Was good Oh, 
Another memorable moment. Shaq got a statue in front of the Staples Center. Can you dig it? Yeah. To me, Kobe is the closest thing to MJ that we we ever got. I joked that Kobe's God and that Kobe is the greatest of all time. I still would have to say MJ. Kobe is a close second. 1A and 1B. LeBron is not even in that category. And at this point, I would probably put Westbrook in there ahead of LeBron. But Westbrook has to do more. He has to probably win a couple titles for me to legitimize that theory. But I might, you know, I'm leaning towards that recently. Hell. Only reason LeBron has three titles. Like, I know how people like to argue that, oh, Tom Brady has, you know, his rings because of um, Spy Gay, the Flake Gay, Vinatieri, the Tuck Rule, and, you know, whatever else reason you want to throw out there. Well, if that's the case, LeBron's got his three or four titles. Well, three, technically. Uh, recent one, thanks to Kyrie and the choking. Second one, thanks to Ray Allen. And the first one, thanks to um, Wade. So, yeah. We're going to go by that logic. I'm going to throw that out there. But no, like, like I said, you know, it's kind of nostalgia. You know, oh, Kobe retired a year ago. And I still remember, I mean, God, I remember he gave me most of my best moments watching an NBA game. Like, the games against, you know, back when Sacramento was good and actually a decent rival to the Lakers. You know, the Kings versus LA, you know, that those playoff games, playoff series, going to seven games, big shot Rob hitting it off of Kobe's pass. Oh, that made me jump up for joy. Jump for joy. Kobe dropping 81, po- 81 points against Toronto. Another memorable moment. Kobe's clutch three against the Suns in the first round of the playoffs and doing the clutch Kobe pose. Oh, but still, I even even with all that, my top two moments would be the series against the Sixers with Allen Iverson when they lost the game at home and then just went 4-1. And then the playoff series against the Portland Trailblazers where they came back from that many points down in the fourth quarter and then the Kobe crossover alley-oop to Shaq and Shaq just going oh shit that is today my favorite that to this day is still my favorite Kobe moment that comeback like it's not even a finals game it's not even him being I mean it's him and Shaq and the rest of the team coming back and dominating against Rasheed Wallace and the Trailblazers. You know, in in the Western in in the Western Conference that year. 
best moments by far for Kobe. Well, Kobe, you still, I mean, I'm still saying it. You still disappointed me when you did take that pay cut and then bring better te- better players to the Lakers. But it's in the past now. Not much we could do. So let's move on and let's talk about the MVP scenario. The MVP talk begins now. So we all know the argument for Westbrook being MVP. Broke triple-double record of Oscar Robertson. Averaged a triple-double throughout the season. 31 points, 10 assists, 10 rebounds in a freaking season. Had four of the 10 50-point games. But second in turnover rating. Turnover, turnover, second most turnovers in the league. We all know the argument for Harden. First to 2,000 and 2,000. First to 2,900 and 600. Third seed, as opposed to Westbrook being the sixth seed. So, 50 plus games won versus 47. Top three in scoring. But then, see, Westbrook won the scoring title. And that's... And I mentioned before how Harden went out to say that wins should be considered when looking at the MVP. And that's where I... I don't know. And that's and this is what drives me nuts about the NBA. So, it's called Defensive Player of the Year. So, the player who played the best defense, best defensive stats throughout the season. It's called Rookie of the Year. The rookie who had the best regular season performance. You know... In the regular season. So why is it called MVP of the season? Most valuable player. Why is it not called player of the year? Or superstar of the year. Whatever. Like, look simply at the performance of the year. Most valuable players should not consider, oh, how valuable the person is to a team. But if you were to argue that... Westbrook without, you know, OKC without Westbrook, they don't win 47 games. They don't make the playoffs. Harden without, I mean, the Rockets without Harden, Rockets may still make the playoffs, but they are not the three seed. Telling you that right now. So, but the arguments that we haven't had. Now, mind you, the six who are in the running. So, you got, obviously, Westbrook and Harden. In most people's views, that's one and two. You got LeBron in the argument. You got Curry in the argument. You got Kawhi Leonard and Isaiah Thomas. That's the argument. Okay? And if you were to listen to Harden and consider wins in the category, well, San Antonio is the two seed and they have more wins than the Rockets and OKC. Isaiah Thomas... You know, led the Celtics. They have more wins than anybody else in the East. So is he getting ahead of LeBron? And it, there is, you know, the argument to be made that the majority of the time, the MVP winner is on a 50-plus win team. But there is precedent for an MVP being on a under 50-win team. In my opinion, like I've said before, it's about overall performance. 
And so, but I am here. I've already presented previous arguments on Westbrook and Harden. I'm here to present Devil's Advocate. Let's present the argument for the other four in this category, okay? Starting foremost with the devil himself. Well, not the devil himself. I'm sorry. I joke around saying that. But starting with, and and now, I know what you're going to say. Maxi, you know, did some very good research. You know, I had to read, read up on these stats because... People kept throwing at me that, you know, LeBron's percentages are better. Okay. Maybe so. But I'm not going to take anybody's word for it. I'm going to do my research and see what is going on. So, with that being said, you know, let me grab my stats. Stats don't lie, people. Stats don't lie. Let me grab my, my sheets. So... The argument for LeBron as MVP of the league. So, as we said earlier, we expect greatness from LeBron. So when he does something like he did this season, it's it doesn't necessarily go recognized because oh, it's LeBron. Oh, uh, it it appears to be normal. Now, to quote, to quote somebody. that I hold very dear. Greatness is often easier to recognize when it looks like nothing you've ever seen before. Greatness is better noticed when you do something that no one has ever done before. And, you know, to a certain degree, this is why Westbrook is probably going to get the MVP and should get the MVP in my in my in my opinion. It's also the same argument for you can make for James Harden and Kawhi Leonard. You know, they're doing things that nobody had done before. First person with the most wins in the first 300 starts, Kawhi Leonard. First to 2,900, James Harden. Breaking Oscar Robertson's record. It's a lot easier to do triple doubles back then when nobody, you don't even have the talent pool that you have now. Nowadays, I mean, shit. And that's also, you know, not necessarily playing the full 48 minutes. It's a lot easier to do that back then than it is now. So, just saying. So, but then you have LeBron James. From a statistical standpoint, LeBron is being as productive as the rest of those three. Westbrook, Harden, and Leonard. Now, but as we've said, because he's been good for so long, it's almost normal. So... It doesn't wow us as much. Now, mind you, again, I've expressed why he's been that good for so long. Playing on shitty teams in Cleveland and then, well, with Miami, they were just so dominant. They were the big three and it's in the East. At least the other three, Leonard, Harden, and Westbrook, are playing in the West. Which, to me, and I know many are going to shit on the argument... To me, the West 
for at least for the last decade or so, maybe more, has been way better than the East. And that's how the schedule is lined up. Like your schedule dictates that you play your division four times, you play the rest of your conference three times, and then people from the teams from the other conference, you play them twice. So if you're in the West, you're playing against Western conference teams more than Eastern conference teams. If you're in the East, you're playing more against Eastern conference teams than you are in the West. So that affects your productivity. So, I'm just saying that has to be factored in if you're going to be factoring everything else. Now, we mentioned earlier LeBron averaged, you know, 25, 8, and 8. I mean, exact numbers. I mean, pull it up 26.4, 8.7, and 8.6 per game. Points, assists, and rebounds. Again, as we said, it's not flashy like Harden and it's definitely not a triple-double average like Westbrook's 31, 10, and 10. But he's he's going to be joining Oscar Robertson and Michael Jordan as the only players to average 26, 8, and 8 across a full season. So he's not, he's not out of the picture. And he's clearly doing that better than you know Curry and Leonard. Leonard, I mean, that was not their averages. So technically, you know, he's at least top three in the candidacy. But let's. This is where okay. So this is where LeBron picks up steam, so to speak. Let's look at. How LeBron generates more offensive volume than Steph Curry or Kawhi Leonard per game, mind you. So, look at the stats. Curry per game is averaging 25.4 per game. Points created by assist per game. Curry, 15.5. And he's the point guard. Okay. Kawhi Leonard, in the same category, averaging 25.7 points per game, 8.9 you know, points created by assist per game. If you put these together to create the total points created per game, as a stat, Kawhi Leonard at 34.6, Curry 40.9, LeBron has 49.1 points scored per game, 26.4, points created by assists per game, 22.7. So he's clearly ahead of Curry and Kawhi Leonard. However, again, for those who are presenting the argument for LeBron for MVP, in this category, Points, total points created per game, he is still behind Harden and Westbrook. Westbrook, 31.9 points per game, 23.8 points created by, by assist for a total of 55.7 per game, 
Harden, 29.1 points scored per game. Less points scored, but points created by assists, his average is 27.2 for a total of 56.3. So 0.6 average better than Westbrook. So if we're going by offensive volume created, LeBron is third in this category. But you may, okay, you can throw it out there. Oh, makes he. But volume, offensive volume is anything. You got to defend too. Okay. All right. All right. All right. All right. And that's, and that's the main argument for people who want LeBron as MVP. Westbrook and Harden are one and two in the turnover, turnover category. James is not there. I mean, he's not one and two. James makes up ground on efficiency. He's only behind them about what was what was what was the stat? So we're looking at 49.1. So he's 1.6. No, wait, hold on. I'm looking at this wrong. So it's 49.1 is his average total points created. He's a good 6.6 behind Westbrook and a good 7.2 behind Harden. You know, a little bit behind. The under 50. But alright. But in efficiency, he makes it up. If you look at his if you look at LeBron's shooting percentage, his true shooting percentage is higher than both Westbrook and LeBron and Westbrook and Harden. So you could argue LeBron is more efficient. Points for potential assist. LeBron has a 1.36. Curry has a 1.36. Kawhi Leonard has a 1.29. Again, per game. Harden's a 1.27. And Westbrook has a 1.21. So the true shooting percentage, percentage, you know, James is 61.9. Curry has 62.5. So LeBron is ahead of Harden and Westbrook in this category because they both have 61.2 and 55.5, respectively. But the true shooting percentage, mm, he's still not top of the pack. He's behind Curry. This is where Curry makes up ground, and we'll get to that here in a second. If you're looking at wins, okay, well, LeBron has more wins than Westbrook. And on par, a little bit below Harden. Now, like we said, we got to look at efficiency. We also got to look at defense. So, on the defensive side of things, Harden and Westbrook, like we said, are one and two in turnovers. And this is where Kawhi Leonard rivals LeBron James because Kawhi Leonard is more well-rounded as a defensive player, too. Now, James Harden, his defense, yeah, 
generally is not, you know, evolves on the wrong side of average. Sorry. You know, it's, it's, yeah, he leads the league in turnovers. Now, Westbrook has rebounds and steals, yeah, because he averaged a triple-double, but if you pull the audience, nobody's going to tell you Westbrook deserves Defensive Player of the Year. And definitely Curry is not in that conversation either, nor is Thomas. Now, Kawhi Leonard has won the last two Defensive Player of the Year awards, clearly. So, but... LeBron, this season, has had more of a defensive impact than previously. So, there he catches up in the MVP conversation. So you can't... And this is why you have to make the argument that LeBron, at least to some degree, deserves the MVP. In my opinion, mm, it's hard to give it to him. And if he gets it, I'd be very upset. Because you got greatness elsewhere that was more noteworthy. But LeBron is at least worth, you know... A footnote in the discussion. If you look at the numbers or the history books, history is on LeBron's side. And this is what I've been saying and this is what I always say, that because of the fact that, there, you know, the MVP award isn't an objective one, there's no agreed-upon definition of value. This is why I say it should be renamed Player of the Year. But it's not. It's MVP of the Year, and there's no agreed-upon definition of value. So, if you look at the history books, for example, we, you know we're talking about Westbrook beating Oscar Robertson's record you know, for triple-doubles. That year, the, 90, the 1961-1962 season, the MVP award... Uh, Oscar Robertson did not get it. I had to actually go back and check because I could have sworn he did. He didn't get it. And I believe Wilt Chamberlain, who was averaging 50 and 25, like 50 points and 25 rebounds a game, he didn't get it either. No, they gave it to Bill fucking Russell, who, mind you, his numbers were, you know, awesome. Not as awesome. But he led the Celtics to the best record in the league and, their to- and the top defense in the league. And that, in the eyes of the people who vote on this award, that meant more than the triple-double record. So, basically, history is on LeBron's side. But in order to make the case that LeBron deserves the MVP, you got to forget the stats. you got to toss out the numbers. And I'm sorry, but I can't do that. Stats don't lie. And it's shitty that there's no agreed upon definition of value. It's shitty that it's not player of the year. To me, the deserving MVP each year should be the person who performs the best throughout the regular season. Like when Kobe won his MVP, he didn't deserve it that year. He deserved it a few years before. Where, when Nash got it, I believe. 
because he was he won the scoring title that year. Well, there was a few years where back to back he had the scoring title, and he he didn't get the award. It has to go, in my opinion, to the best performer of the season. I can't. We can't toss out numbers. I mean, the argument is basically, okay, so uh, uh, LeBron is more efficient. Le- LeBron's a better defender. Okay, but even in the even in the stats I proved, he's not in the top three as far as rebounds goes. He's not in the top three as far as steals goes. Those Kawhi Leonard. So I mean, I would have not given Kawhi Leonard both Defensive Player of the Year titles. And I definitely believe Draymond Green deserves it this year. But, like I said, people who are pro-LeBron are basically going to say, okay, well, measure the man against himself. No! I mean, what? It, we cannot... It's MVP of the year. Most valuable player of the regular season. We're not looking at previous records. We're not looking at previous stats. We're not looking at previous... Oh, he's better now than he was last year. Okay. But so is Westbrook. So is Harden. He's more efficient than previously, yes. But Cleveland is not the one seed in the East. So if you expect me to look past the glitter of the numbers and the records being broken, then yeah, LeBron's my MVP. But... I can't. And even in the stats I threw out, you know, total points created per game and, you know, the true shooting percentage, he's not even number one in those categories. So this was me presenting to you the argument for LeBron that I've heard and I've read about and I research, but to me, that it has to be tossed out the window. Oh, yeah, don't, don't listen to the stats, people. Don't. Please don't. History, yes, is in his favor. But even in that historical fact, uh, yeah, Oscar Robertson did not win MVP because, he, you know, even though he was averaging a triple-double. But the guy who did had the best record in the league and the best defense in the league and still had decent numbers. LeBron doesn't have the best record in the league. Golden State does. LeBron doesn't have the best defense in the league because they're clearly not the Cavs. Now, Isaiah Thomas. He enters into this argument. Let's present his case. Number two in scoring. Mr. Fourth Quarter, so clutch. He's there. Efficient, not as efficient. He's not even in the categories, you know, for rebounds or blocks. But then he's 5'9. The guy is 5 fucking 9. The fact that he scored that many points in the fourth quarter and that many games in a row is noteworthy. He basically beat LeBron to the number one seed in the East. Look at the Boston Celtics and look at the Cleveland Cavs. Who has a better surround supporting cast? LeBron. 
who is more dominant, supposedly, according to the argument that we just read. LeBron. I mean, clearly, he's taller, more physical. You know, his percentage, his efficiency percentage is higher than Thomas. I can tell you that right now. I'm like, let's look at the stats. Then how is a five foot nine person scoring more points per game than LeBron? Now, you could use my argument against me. Oh, oh but Mexi, LeBron has better supporting cast, so he shares the ball more. Um, I'm also going to point out that Isaiah Thomas is a point guard. So it's not like he doesn't have assists. He's there. And I believe he averages more steals per game than LeBron. So technically, you could sort of say he's a better defender, but his physical appearance diminishes that for him. But again, if you're going by what I think an MVP should be, player of the year, Thomas is not MVP. He's definitely ahead of LeBron if we're considering wins, because I, I agree to a degree with Harden. you got to consider wins, you know, how many wins you bring to your team as far as performance goes, but it is not the foregone conclusion. Just because you have the number one seed in the East does not mean you deserve it more than, say, the number two seed in the West, if that were the case, or, you know, with similar stats. Enter the argument for Kawhi Leonard. Two-time defensive player of the year. He wins it this year. He shouldn't, but if he does, that's three in a row. First player to, you know, to have the most wins through the first 300 starts. The Spurs are only four losses, five losses behind the Golden State Warriors in the West. More wins than LeBron, more wins than Thomas, more wins than Harden, more wins than, than Westbrook. So by that argument, you know, Harden's, oh, wins are more important. Uh, Kawhi Leonard's ahead of you. But in my opinion, he's not. Because as we, as we saw, yeah, his shooting percentage is 41.2%. But... Um, Total points created, he's not in that category. He's not in the, in the top numbers of that category. Because San Antonio runs their offense differently. San Antonio has a decent, good supporting cast. But, just like LeBron, quite Leonard's defensive stats and efficiency sort of bring him into the argument. To me, it is not quite Leonard either. But now, my favorite part, because if we got to talk about wins, and James Harden says the wins are the only thing that matters, or it shouldn't matter, you know, Kevin Durant's on the Golden State Warriors. He has more wins than, uh, he has more wins than you, Harden. And the only reason he doesn't have more points per game than you is because he missed a significant amount of games due to injury. But there's one more guy we got to remember. Last year's MVP. 
Curry on the Golden State Warriors. Number one record in the league. Most wins than Leonard, Thomas, Harden, Westbrook, and LeBron. So if wins matter, why is it not Stephen Curry? He's the best player on the best team in basketball. First team in history to win at least 63, hell, 67 games, three seasons in a row. He is the two-time MVP. Defending two-time MVP. So, if we're going by the history books, his stats are not necessarily shabby. His true percentage is higher than LeBron's, 62.5. He, he has steals. His total points created... Mind you, it's lower than Harden, Westbrook, and LeBron at 40.9. But it's ahead of... Uh, what's his face? Um, Leonard. He scored the most threes during that time frame. He broke the record for most threes in a game. So why shouldn't he win his third straight MVP if we're going by that that logic? Now, and this is the I had to research this because this is I mean this is this to me seemed weird as to how this is already out there. So. As of April 9th, nobody, 0% of ESPN's forecast panel predicted that Curry would win his third straight. Why? Are we, uh, didn't we just say that um, Bill Russell back then when Oscar Robertson had the triple-double and... Will Chamberlain had better numbers that even though he didn't have as awesome numbers, he still had decent stats. He won it because he was on the best team, best record, best defense. Uh, the Warriors have the least amount of losses out of everybody and more wins. Possibly, I would have to look this up, but I'm pretty sure they're one of the top defenses too. So... Why is that? So, it's kind of, yeah, if Harden thinks wins are important, why is Curry not a foregone conclusion for his third straight? I mean, if you're going to give Leonard a third straight defensive player of the year instead of Draymond, um, if Curry wins the MVP, I will be upset, but not as upset as, say, LeBron won it or Leonard I can see if Thomas wins it I can sort of see that but I'd be still upset because I don't think you know if we're going by who I think deserves it more I would put Westbrook first Harden second Curry Thomas LeBron 
Oh, I'm sorry. Leonard LeBron. Because yes, wins matter. You being more efficient than the previous years means nothing to me. You being better than the year before means nothing to me. It's what you did this season. So that should be the first and foremost thing to look at. Did you win a scoring title? Are you leading in any categories? Are you averaging better than anybody else? Did you break any records? How many wins do you have? All that should be first and foremost. But hey, how how is it exactly that last year he was the unanimous MVP and this year apparently ESPN's forecast doesn't even have him with 1% of a chance of winning. Why is that? Well, I mean, you can, if you think about it, okay, so his stats are not as eye-popping as before. It's kind of the wrong season to go back towards the mean because, like I mentioned earlier, you had so many good things, so many records broken. Yeah, he broke the most threes in a game, and yeah, he's on the best team, but you got to also factor in, they got Karen Durant this year. So they're on the best team. And the same argument of LeBron is, you know, has been great for so long that it, it just appears normal. Yeah, Golden State has been great for so long. I mean, for so long, but has been so great recently over the last three or four years that you expect perfection out of Curry. Like, the Golden State Warriors are already great. We already know that. And then they signed Kevin Durant. So, anything less than, like, a, a perfect season was basically, you know, oh, they're not as good as they think they are. Last year, they were in 73-9 without Durant. They should have gone 82-0 and with Durant. Well, hey, they still won the West. They're still the favorite to win the title. They should win the title. Their supporting cast is not as strong as before, but they have Durant. And it takes time to gel. What happened when LeBron went to Miami? They, it took them time to gel. They didn't win the first year, did they? Oh, yeah. Hmm. And I'm pretty sure they had less wins than the Golden State Warriors do now. So, yeah. But again, in my view, Curry should not get it. But he's definitely ahead of Leonard Thomas and uh, LeBron, in my view. Like, Curry has not... I mean, he didn't have the, ooh, mind-bending box score numbers that Harden, Leonard, LeBron, Westbrook have been putting up. But, oh... Curry did not have like shitty numbers. I mean, yeah, it's his worst season since uh, he, when he won the MVP. But again, same argument as, as LeBron. Like, oh, we expect so much out of him. Like, oh, he only hit 41% from three point range. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, it's down from previous years, but hey, it's still better than everybody else. You know? Oh my lord, Curry. Curry's league leading 
67% true shooting percentage dropped to 62%. Oh my lord. It's still ahead of everybody else. Like, if nobody else in the league had awesome numbers, Curry is, again, the unanimous MVP. But it's the wrong season to be regressing. So, again, I can see the argument for Curry based on records, based on shooting percentage, based on wins. But, you know... I don't think he gets it. I don't think... I mean, he, he shouldn't get it. But history has been has been proven to be, you know, on the side of the best team in the league. Most MVPs are on the teams that win... that are finishing in the top three in their respective conferences. You know... And, the, and another way to look at, okay, well, Curry deserves it, is to analyze, and this is where, I mean, I'm not necessarily agreeing with the fact that most valuable player should mean how much value you bring to your team, but if you were to present that argument, we got to look at that too. The value to a team apparently matters. How to be good on at offense has to be taken into account because that adds value to your team. Now, we've already proven that among MVP candidates, Curry is the most efficient shooter. I mean, there's only been, I think, six or seven times in history that somebody has shot more efficiently um, and had such a high usage rate. Uh, I believe Curry last season... Carl uh, Malone, I think in 1990, uh, LeBron obviously in you know 2013, 2014, and K- K- KD uh, 2014 and 2016, and obviously Isaiah Thomas for the Celtics this season. So, ooh, but. As we said, Curry brings more value because there's more to him than just being a great shooter. He's an excellent facilitator in basketball. Now, I know what you're going to say, oh, Maxi, but what the fuck? He's a point guard. He only has 6.6 assists per game. Okay, he has a big four. Let's calm down. Yes, he has four, almost four assists less than Westbrook, and it's his lowest average since 2012. So how can he possibly be a facilitator? Well, let me answer that for you. He clearly creates better shots for his teammates. Let's just say it simple. Now, having an assist... Technically, I mean, you can look at it from a different view. It's kind of meaningless to a certain degree. Because, for example, if I steal the ball and my teammate's wide open and there's nobody around him and I just toss it to him from afar and he makes an easy layup or dunk, that's technically an assist. 
But let's, but like I said, let's let's look at being a facilitator and value to your team. No, this is not going to make the argument for LeBron stronger. I will tell you that right now. Oh, but Mixie, he facilitates. He makes his players better. Okay, then, and they still didn't win the East. But hey, no, no, you don't believe me. Well, let's take a look at what happens when you know your team's shooting. How's your team shooting when your MVP supposedly? Your, your candidate is off the floor. We'll even add Kevin Durant in this scenario just to prove my point. So, let's start with the Golden State Warriors. I had to do some research. So, I had to pull up the stats and print it out. I had to waste some work time, do some research on this. But, alright, let's start with the Golden State Warriors with and without Curry on the court. We'll look at some of these players. So, like, Clay, Clay, Draymond, Durant, and hell, we'll throw in David West in there just to have, you know, somebody else to toss in there. Durant, with Curry, shoots close to 70%. Without, drops to a decent 60, 62%. They, uh, Clay Thompson clearly shoots worse without Curry, going from about mid 50s to under 50s. Draymond clearly drops considerably from a little over 50 to low 40s. David West, for some reason, is the only one who goes a little bit up, you know, closer to 60% from mid, uh, you know, mid 50s. And it kind of makes sense because somebody has to replace Curry. So somebody has to step up. Now, let's throw in James Harden and his Houston Rockets and the high power Mark D'Antonio Houston Rockets. Gordon, Beverly, and the recently acquired Lou Williams are in this stat, you know, to create, you know, our. Statistical scenario Lou Williams Mind you He won 6th man of the year One year His percentage goes up From 50% To over 60% Without James Harden Makes sense James Harden is shooting guard Lou Williams is shooting guard too He would replace him Gordon Barely minimal change I'd say he goes from maybe 56 to 55% Beverly Drops considerably Yes Now I know for the, all of you who are sucking on LeBron's nuts, here's what the Cavs are doing with and without LeBron. Kyrie Irvin stays on par, close to 60%. Kevin Love shoots worse. He actually drops from around 60 to about low 50s. Channing Fry drops from over 60 to about mid 50s. Felder goes up. Obviously, because he's not on the court. And then he magically comes on the court. Now, Kevin Durant on the Golden State Warriors when he's off the court. Let's see. Draymond Green shoots better. He's in the mid-60s. Without him, Draymond shoots better. With him, he's barely under 60%. Clay Thompson goes from 
a decent 57 to about closest closer to 60. And Curry obviously shoots better under 60% with him, over 60% without him. Hmm, interesting. Hey, we still got more. Westbrook. Without Westbrook, Cantor shoots better, a little bit over 60%, about 61%. Olandipo drops, however. He's about mid-50s normally with Westbrook. Without, he's closer to 50%, 51, 50 and a half. Now, who else we got on the Westbrook bandwagon? Hmm? The stat does not favor Westbrook. I mean, they may not score as much without him, and that hinders their wins, but their percentages don't drop drastically. Same thing with Kawhi Leonard. Aldridge shoots better, closer to 55% from a 51. And Pau Gasol, minimal change, high, high 50s across the board. Again, the Pops San Antonio offense accounts for being good offensively without your key players. So that's that clearly does not help Kawhi Leonard's case. And as you can see, being a facilitator, your team drops considerably in percentage when you're not on the court. Like, let, let, like, analyze it. Let's analyze it for Curry. It literally, like, if you make the, if you plot this into an Excel sheet and make it look like a chart, it looks like, you know, meteor shower raining on the Steph Curry chart when uh, he's not on the court. Like, not only do almost all of his teammates, 10 out of 11 of them, now, mind you, with at least 30 shots, you got to make sure they have at least 30 shots, so basically, you're looking at about 1,700 shots taken without him, obviously, for this to count. 10 out of the 11 teammates shoot worse without their point guard, Curry, on the court to draw attention than they do with him there. Because as we've established, and as he's done so in the previous seasons, I, Curry can probably make a basket from anywhere on the court. And it's been seen. It's been done before. I've been wowed at how this man can just chuck it up there. It looks so easy and it goes through. So you have to account for that. This is also why I don't understand why KD takes the last shot and why Curry never takes the last shot. Curry could go 0 for 50 the entire game and there's 10 seconds left on the court, I would still at this point trust him with the ball and the final shot than anybody else on that team. Because he's done it before. And that draws attention. So when your freaking team shoots drastically less with you not there, that's saying a lot. They shoot like 7.3% worse. With him not on the court. Now, 
as we established with the other candidates, the other people that are in the running for MVP, LeBron is obviously the next highest when it comes to impacting his teammates' shooting performance. So those of you sucking on LeBron's nuts, yeah, you're right. He does make his team better. But Curry makes his team better, better. Or bestes, or more better, if you want to be grammatically incorrect and, you know, but emphasize my point in case you didn't get that there was a comma between the two betters. Curry, according to the stats, stats don't lie, makes a good team greatest. So, if that's the argument, and we like to account for most valuable player, how much value does he bring to the team, this stat is jaw-dropping. But I will, as I said, I don't think he deserves it. Case of point, as previously mentioned, if he is on the bench or he's injured, maybe he had, like, say he had a career uh, ending injury or season ending injury. With KD at the helm, Clay, Draymond, and their supporting cast. Golden State still makes the playoffs. Not as the one seed, definitely not as the two or the three, but they will make the playoffs. OKC without Westbrook, OKC does not make the playoffs. Boston without Isaiah Thomas, Boston still makes the playoffs, maybe the eight, seven seed. Cleveland without LeBron, with Caleb, Kyrie, and Kyle Corver and everybody else they got, yeah, they won't be the one or two seed, but they'll still make the playoffs. Again, maybe the five, six, seven, eight seed. Houston Rockets without Harden, they probably still make the playoffs as the eight seed. They won't be the three seed. Kawhi Leonard without him on the court or on the team, San Antonio makes the playoffs. There's no way they don't. They'll probably be the five, six seed. Because Pops is that good of a coach. So, if you're looking at it from, if you have to, if you take all of these things into account, how valuable they are to their team. Because as you saw, LeBron and Curry clearly, from a facilitating point of view, they're one and two. But Westbrook is in the conversation. He's, a, he's clearly ahead of Leonard and KD. And almost on par with Harden. I should have probably gotten Thomas's stats on that too, but no well. He's, he, meh, most consider him like not even close. I think he's closer than people think in the conversation. So Westbrook's there. If you're looking at value from a win standpoint, yeah, his team won't make the playoffs if he's not on the team. Guarantee you. If he ever leaves the team and the team doesn't get anybody else, he's not. they're not making the playoffs. I, I, I'm telling you that right now. They're not making the playoffs. If you're counting on wins, then, well, again, if you're going to give Harden the nudge based on wins, Curry deserves it more. Tom uh, Thomas deserves it more. Kawhi Leonard deserves it more. But again, 
somebody who averaged a triple-double. Not just had the most triple-doubles, averaged a triple-double and broke the record. Won the scoring title, led his team to the playoffs where nobody else is a superstar on that team. Houston has a better supporting cast than OKC. San Antonio, Boston, Golden State, Cleveland have better supporting cast than Westbrook. So that's why his user rate is higher. He should have the most turnovers by that, you know, logic too. But he doesn't. Harden does. Hey, he had the most 50-point games out of anybody else. You cannot deny the guy the MVP. I'm sorry. Yeah, he didn't have 50 wins. But the guy is a machine. And if you piss him off... He is going to go off on you. We pissed him off. Durant pissed him off. And he showed us just how great he is. Now, that's why, actually, if we go back to my picks, um, I can't remember what I said. Uh, In the Houston OKC matchup, like I said, it's going to go 4-3. I want to say Houston's going to win it 4-3 based on the fact that they have a better team supporting Harden and they have home court. But, I mean, most people are going to say that and that's going to piss Westbrook off. And Westbrook knows that he deserves MVP. And because the award is not given until later, he's going to go off on Houston and don't be surprised if Houston if Houston loses 4-3 that series don't piss off Westbrook motto of the story and he deserves the MVP well that's all we have for the NBA special I hope you enjoyed the podcast a little bit long because we had a lot of points to make in hindsight the season was awesome a lot of jaw-dropping moments. I still say it's going to be Golden State versus Cavs. Round three. Part three. Who wins the tiebreaker? Who wins the rubber match? And Westbrook, in my opinion, deserves the MVP hands down, no matter which way you look at it. Well, hope you enjoyed the podcast. Check us out on SoundCloud and YouTube, Supermex. Mexi Mind Matters is the channel. See you guys next time. Bye-bye.